0: Hi, this is Pastor Austin from Connection Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our services, you can go to ConnectionNYC.com or check us out at ConnectionNYC on Instagram. Hope you enjoy it and hope to see you soon. Uh, If you've been here the past several weeks, we've been going through this series that uh, we've titled The Church. Um, We've talked about things, we've answered questions like, the church, what is it? And we talked a little bit about what Scripture uh, tells us about the church and and what the church is. We talked about the church and how those things come about, how we're even equipped to do such incredible things for the Lord. Uh, And today we're going to be talking a little bit about where the church is, where the church can be found. And so I asked our kids this question in our uh, family time earlier this week. I said, hey guys, uh, where's the church? and they gave some answers. Admittedly, it's a bit of a trick question, right? Depending on the context and what I meant, Um, you could give many answers. But I just said, where's the church? And the boys said, the church? I said, yeah. And they said, it's at the church. And I thought, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, Colby said, it's in Astoria. The church is in Astoria. And that made sense too. Uh, While both of those answers are technically correct, um, I do want to spend a little bit uh, of time today just kind of going through uh, what, uh, where the church can be found and, and why it's found there. Um, so if you guys would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll be in verses 17 through 21. Um, if you scan the QR code and you have the lyrics, at the very bottom, if you keep scrolling, you'll see uh, a section that says Scripture. Feel free to read along right there um, on the Google Doc. If you'd rather read your own version, um, it's listed there where you can find it in your Bible. Um. I shared a little bit about this with our lead team uh, prior to the service today, but the purpose of us going through this series and answering these questions um, is one that is to continually remind us of, of what Scripture says, what the authority of Scripture says about the church. Uh, and I think that it was, it was in my college uh, days for sure, maybe even a little later, where I really I think I knew this truth, but it never really settled into my heart in understanding why pastors preach the messages that they preach. And it's because they have a desire to communicate biblical truth, not just in a general sense, not just stories that they find interesting, right? but specific truths from Scripture that can speak specifically to the congregation that they are preaching to. And so I felt for our church, being in New York City and going through the pandemic and going through all these situations where our church wasn't really acting normally, um, not by any disobedience, but just by virtue of what the city was like and the personalities of those around us. We were doing kind of what we could in the time that we were in. But I wanted to remind us uh, where the church can be found and what the church should be doing and how we can do that. And that's why we're going through this series. So if you would join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17, Scripture says, "...therefore, if anyone is in Christ..." In verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. And so we see Paul writing to the church in Corinth here, and he's giving them This message, he's imploring them. Uh, We see that he's writing to the church about the new creation that we have become through Jesus, this new creation. And what is that new creation? Well, it's the transformation of our old identities into a new one that was made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So we literally are this completely new being because of what Jesus has done for us. And what is it that Paul says we have become? In verse 20, he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. So we have become amb- ambassadors for God and vessels for carrying the righteousness of God and His mission of reconciliation, which is the church. And so our first point today in where can the church be found, the church can be found in us. The church can be found in us, and so we, if we are a follower of Jesus, we've been made into a new being. We have a new identity, and that new identity is one that is an ambassador for Christ and His power, His reconciliation, and the mission of the church. It literally lives inside of us as followers of Jesus. Paul finishes the section of scripture uh, by imploring the church at Corinth to be reconciled to God, because within this reconciliation is the the is the gift of the righteousness of God. And so again, in verse 21, uh, he says, For our sake, uh, he made him, God made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so this wasn't something that was later planned by God after he sent Jesus to save the world. This is something that God had planned the entire time. He knew that as Jesus was sacrificed that people would be used as the vessels. God's people would be used as the vessels for his righteousness. He knew that the church and its mission would be found specifically in the followers of Jesus, specifically in us. If you would turn to Ephesians chapter 1, And we'll be in verse 16. Not only can we see the church being found in us as vessels and ambassadors for Jesus through this gift that God gave us of His Son. But in verse 16, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is writing again to the church at Ephesus. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, Remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him. Verse 18, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of his great mind. In verse 20, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So Paul writes here a little bit more about where the church can be found in this letter. We know that the church can be found in each one of us. And God's people collectively make up the church. But where exactly should we find the church at work? So it's looking at this from a few different perspectives. If you were here last week, we know that we talked about how we could be equipped to be the church. And then we talked about how the church takes that equipping and goes out and serves. And so this week we're looking at where is the church found? It's found in us. And now we're going to look at where we then should carry God's church, his vision, his mission of reconciliation. So there's a story that I think I might have shared with you guys in the past, um, but I know some of you won't have heard it. Maybe some of you won't remember it, and maybe I didn't share it, um, but it's a good story nonetheless. So um, there was a time where Haley and myself and a couple of friends uh, were traveling uh, to a Razorback game, a Razorback football game, and they were playing the Aggies of Texas A&M that Haley is a huge fan of. Hopefully no one else in this room is a fan of the Aggies. I can only bear one person in the room at a time. Um, But so we wanted to go uh, see this game. It was in Fayetteville, in Arkansas, and it was Johnny Manziel on uh, the Aggies. And it was going to just be this electric, amazing, fun game. And so we decided to make the trip from where we were in Arkansas, which is in Monticello, which is the southeast corner of the state, to Fayetteville, which is the northwest part of the state. So it's (coughs) it's a bit of a trek. And on the way, as weather often does in Arkansas... The weather shifted dramatically, where it was calling for maybe a slight chance of rain, 20 or 30 percent. It was like 100 percent chance of floodwaters coming down from the sky. And so we had left, we had t-shirts on, we had no jackets, no rain gear at all. And again, we're in college, so we don't, you know, we didn't know to plan for the unexpected yet. Uh, So we're on the way there and we decided, you know what? We need to stop off and we need to get some gear for the game because we're not going to sit, you know, for three and a half hours in just torrential downpour with nothing to protect us. So we stopped off at the, uh, the southern person's version of a bodega, which is a gas station. Uh, we stopped at a gas station and we went in and we were going to get ponchos because we thought this is like <laughs> the least expensive thing we can do to cover ourselves and make sure that we don't get soaked during the game. John has his own very uh, great story about a poncho and how protective it is um, from when you guys went to Niagara Falls, right? He, was, he didn't get one drop of water on him. It was a miracle. Um, so we stopped in to get these ponchos. Gas station has no ponchos, zero, none. And I was like, well, I don't want to stop every 10 minutes trying to find a poncho. So my friend says, hey, do you have any trash bags? And the guy was like, yeah, of course. He goes, cool, can you give us either four or five of those, right? Can you give us this many contractor bags? And he was like, sure. So we cut holes in the trash bags for our head and for our arms, and we just made a poncho. And we show up to the Razorback game in these ponchos, and we're pretty protected, I would say. But we're in trash bags. Like, there's no, like, you, it's not like people are looking at these going, I think that's a poncho. They're like, no, it's a trash bag. You're walking in, you just, you, you're wearing a trash bag. And so we got there a little early and we thought, let's, let's roam around a little bit. Like, let's, let's figure out, you know, what we can get into and, you know, just look around the stadium. So we come to this hallway where it's pretty obvious that we probably shouldn't be there, especially if you're wearing a trash bag. But we thought, you know what, this will be fun. Let's go check out and see what's in here. And so we come to this very fancy double door glass, like just beautiful, beautiful area of the stadium. And we open the door and there's a guy immediately there just in a suit. And I was like... I think we're a little underdressed for this area of the stadium. And he said, can I help you? Are you with the new recruits? And I was like, I'm wearing a trash bag as a poncho. Like, do you think I'm with the new recruits? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be in here. So we had stumbled upon this new recruit dinner that we did not have access to, right? We're not new recruits. We couldn't even pretend to have access to it because we were wearing trash bags, right? And so not only has God uh, called us to be the church. So not only has He given us the power to be the church that's within us, He's given us access to His power and to His hope, right? The power and hope of God. So if we look again in Ephesians and verse 18, it says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, and what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. And so these are things that we do have access to because of Jesus. So where should we find the church? The church is in us. And as people, if we're looking around and we see the hope of God and we see the power of God, that's where the church is. The church should be resting in the hope that is given to us and we should be utilizing and leveraging the the immeasurable greatness of the power that is allotted to us because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So my life has come a little full circle with respect to sporting events. I had to share, I had to brag a little bit um, because we got very lucky at a, um, a non-profit organization gathering. Um, and we donated some money and won tickets to the Brooklyn Nets game, but not just any tickets, VIP tickets with access to the Qatar Airways Club. So I'm pretty excited. I told Haley, get the trash bags. We're, re- we're ready to go to the Nets game, and we're going to go to the club before, and we're going to hang out. Um, so we have this incredible access to a part of the stadium that no one else has access to, or very few people, very few people, not no one. I don't think we get it to ourselves. That'd be cool, though. Very few people have access to this part of the stadium. And so as I was thinking about the story about the Razorback game with the trash bags on and not having access to this cool part of the stadium, I thought, how cool is it? that now I'm going to get to go to a Nets game and have access to this super VIP area. But then I thought to myself, too, claiming to be the church, but then finding ourselves not accessing the hope and the power that God gifts us would be like us winning those VIP tickets to the Nets game and throwing trash bags on and acting like we don't have access to this VIP area. And so often as the church, we find ourselves claiming to be the church but not accessing the power and the hope that God has given us access to. When we see those things, that's not where we're finding the church. Where we're finding the church is trying to do things on our own. We're finding the church trying to accomplish our own goals instead of accomplishing the goals that Scripture and Jesus and the Lord have set in front of us. We find the church feeling completely overwhelmed and looking to the left and looking to the right and saying, I don't know how I'm going to get this done where we should be finding the church, resting in the hope of knowing that all my life He has been faithful. And all my life He has been so, so good. And so I know that if He's called me into this area, that's where we rest as the church. We rest in the goodness of God. And that's where we should find our church. The last couple of verses uh, in Ephesians Uh, chapter 1 that we'll be going over, verses 22 and 23. They're just right after the section we read. It says, And he, he being God, put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we find the church in ourselves. We find the church resting in the hope and power of God, and we find the church submitting to Jesus and his example. We find the church submitting to Jesus and his example. And, in, and the way that this is worded in Paul, or from Paul to the church at Ephesus is, Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is the body, and we are literally the instruments that God has chosen to use on earth for his mission and vision and goal of reconciliation to happen. If the church is anything, it is reconciliation to God himself. And so a couple of weeks ago, we learned about what the church does. We learned that the church prays and worships and teaches. And so we know that prayer and worship and teaching should be happening within our church. And we learned how we do it through the sacrifice of Jesus. And now we know where God intended for all of that to flow through. He didn't house himself in buildings on earth. He didn't create his own celestial beings to house himself here. He chose to use us, God's people, to put the mission and vision of reconciliation into the church through the sacrifice of Jesus. So when we look around and we wonder where the church is, we should know 100%, without a doubt, it's biblical, scriptural, that God placed that mission of reconciliation within us and that we should then take that mission and rest in the hope of God knowing that He has been good and He has been faithful and He will come through. And we should access the power, His immeasurable, the immeasurable greatness of His power that He has given us access to and we should carry that in a way that is submissive to Jesus. It is submissive. The church is the fullness of the work of Jesus Christ. And we join in on the church through the work of Christ. We join in on his body, which he leads, and we function as an extension of Jesus. So what does this mean for our church? Well, it means that the church, the vision, mission of reconciliation should be found in each one of us means that we should focus on what God has placed inside of us. Not just the mission of reconciliation, but the ability to achieve that mission. Our church should be found where the hope and power of God is. And ultimately, our church should submit to Jesus in all things. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for your word. We are grateful for the opportunity to come together and to be the church. God, as I think about, again, all the things our church has been through over the past several weeks and all the ways that you've been at work and the ways that we are spending time together to to better learn exactly what it is that you're calling us to. God, I just get really, really excited throughout the week as I'm preparing to come here and speak to our church and as I know that we are out in the neighborhood following your direction. It just excites me to see how you will continue to work through our church. God, I pray that each one of us here would have that same excitement. God, that we would not just know in our head that you have placed the mission of the church in your people, but God, we would know it in our heart, God, that it would impact us, that it would transform us, that we would become that new being, knowing that we are in Christ, and so we are an ambassador for you. God, we are your number one plan to see others reconciled to you, to see others come to this saving, transformative knowledge of who you are. God, we are plan A, and you've given us hope, and you've given us the power and you've placed your son, Jesus, at the head of our church so that we know exactly where to carry that mission. We know exactly where you are at work. So God, I pray that we would find you in those places, Lord, that we wouldn't try to create our own goals, but Lord, we would seek you, seek your wisdom, and seek where you're at work, and we would join you there. And we would do it joyfully, sacrificially, God, because you have given us the ability to do so. God, I pray that the church would be found in us. I pray that we would be found wherever your hope and power is found. And Lord, I pray that we would be found wherever your son Jesus calls us to go. We pray all these things in the name of the person who makes all of this possible, which is your son Jesus. Amen. So uh, we will transition into this time of response. Um, We'll have communion available for you. Um, If you would like to partake in communion, uh, we'll have cups of wine that are representative of Christ's blood that was poured out for you. We'll have um, crackers representative of Christ's body that was broken for you. And I encourage you, if that's how you'd like to respond this morning, I encourage you to do that. Um, If you'd like to respond just in prayer where you're seated, Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, oh man, I forgot. Like, The hope and power of God is within me and I am plan A for his reconciliation of his people. And and maybe I haven't been making that the priority that I should be. Maybe I've always understood it, but I haven't made it a, a heart knowledge thing, a transformative thing that pushes me in my life to serve others in a way that glorifies God. I think we all fall into those tendencies, especially in New York. It's easy to feel busy and like you don't have time. But we we should realize and recognize that where God's mission is has been placed in us. He chooses to take that to other places in the world, literally through us as vessels and ambassadors for Him. So if you want to spend time in prayer and reorganize some thoughts and just rest in the hope that God gives you, I encourage you to do that. If you'd like to stand up and worship, do that. I'll be in the back if there's anything that you would like prayer for. I would love to pray over you. love to pray with you. And uh, let's just allow this to be a time where we realign with what Scripture calls us to do, what Scripture calls the church to be, how we should be that, and where we should find ourselves in that mission. I'll pray and then we'll enter into this time of response. God, once again, we're just so grateful for the opportunity, Lord, just to be with you. God, I pray that this time wouldn't just be... uh, A passing of information, Lord, it wouldn't just be an intellectual experience, God, it would be a transformative spiritual experience that literally changes us from the inside out, God. We pray this every week because we know this is where we come to be recharged. God, if if you're looking for the church, you will only find the church in this building one day a week. But the other six days a week, the church is out in our neighborhood. It's wherever we go. We carry you wherever we go. And God, I pray that we would just reassert that truth into our heart and in our lives. God, that we would use this as a time to just draw close to you so that you can energize us to go out for these next six days and to be the church. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.